Hello and welcome to Tarot Bites. I'm Teresa Reed, the Tarot Lady. I'm the author of Tarot, No Questions Asked, Master in the Art of Intuitive Reading, and the Tarot Coloring Book. I'm also your host for this podcast series. This is episode 190 of Tarot Bites, the podcast where I dish out short, entertaining, bite-sized lessons on how to read tarot. And for today's episode, our topic is, Is it self-serving to serve yourself? And my special guest is Shaniqua Leach. Hello, Shaniqua. Hi there. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for joining me here tonight. So tonight, we're going to talk about reading for ourselves and and so much more, Um, and especially about, you know, taking care of ourselves. So I'd love to begin by talking about what happens when we use our spiritual gifts, such as tarot, to help ourselves. You know, we're so often focused on helping and healing others that it might feel self-serving to focus on self-healing. And I'd love to know what you have to say about that. Well, I think it's important for anyone in any position of service to make sure that they are prioritizing themselves. We always talk in the spiritual community about how you cannot pour from an empty cup. And so if you're spiritually gifted or you're good with divination or weaving a story from images or however you approach reading tarot, it's really important to say that your own questions, your own situations are just as important as those of your clients. So that way you can make sure that you're pouring from a full cup rather than depleting it. So let me ask you this. Um, I mean, I know every once in a while when I'm reading for myself, I get stuck. So I'd like to hear what you think about what happens when you get stuck. Uh, when you get that stuck feeling, when you pull a spread for yourself, you can't seem to get, to get a message. What causes that? And why is it sometimes so hard to read for ourselves and take care of ourselves? Well, I think that, one, it comes, um, a lot of that stuck feeling comes from feeling like we know the deck, we know the cards, we've got this, and because we know our own circumstances and the question that we're coming to the tarot with, we feel like we can kind of predict what's going to come up. You know, if you're, if you're having questions about your relationship, you may be expecting to see a three of swords or something like that. Um, so kind of getting ahead of yourself and thinking that you know what you're going to pull rather than being open is one thing that I know personally can really trip me up. And then the other thing that I found gets me stuck a lot is if I'm rushing through the reading. So uh, maybe it's not an issue of trying to anticipate what I'm going to pull, but more so seeing, okay, I got justice and I got strength and I got the two of cups. So, um, something is out of balance with a relationship and I need to be strong about it. Maybe so, but that's really trite. That's kind of surface level. So rather than looking at just kind of the keywords associated with each card, taking the time to interpret and weave that narrative the same way you would for a client is a good way to get yourself unstuck. So, you know, you mentioned about how we rush through readings for ourselves, and I, I will admit I do that for myself. Why do we do that? Why do we rush for ourselves when we'll take like an hour noodling around a reading for, for a client? Why can't we give ourselves the same thing? I think, I think it's because when we're in service mode, there's that desire to kind of go above and beyond to over-deliver, to really make sure that you are indeed serving your clients. But when we think about doing the same thing for ourselves, Um, I think there's a subconscious trigger to call yourself selfish Mm -hmm. because it's like, well, 
this is a gift and I should be sharing it. I should be helping to heal people. If I just sit down with my own tarot deck, who am I helping? Well, you're helping you, you know, and, and doing that with, without thinking, okay, I already know what these cards mean. I can just kind of quickly look at them and get a meaning from them rather than, you know, kind of softening your gaze, letting your intuition open up and letting the message come through. Then, you're, you're always going to kind of have those, like, surface-level understandings. So, like, just slowing down and being very intentional about it, I think, is really important because if we just kind of try to give ourselves half service, I think that actually fuels the idea that it's selfish to do so. But if you take the time to treat yourself like you're someone important, you reinforce that notion. I love that. And so if you were reading for yourself, and, I mean, you said something about delivering the readings, like the same way they would, like you would deliver it to a client. You know, how would you do that? If you were going to advise somebody, okay, you're going to sit down and do this reading for yourself, and here's how to deliver it, like you're reading for a client. What would be your advice? How would you teach someone to do that? Um, well, for me, the most important thing when I read for someone else is to make sure that they leave with a strong uh, takeaway that empowers them. So I normally will pre-record readings that uh, folks pay me for. But even if someone's used to reading for someone else live, there's normally some sort of ceremony or um, like, like a habit that you do to kind of initiate the reading, whether it's lighting a candle or meditating or asking your clients a few questions. If you do the same things um, rather than kind of treating it like a rush job if you're doing it for yourself, um, if you ask yourself the same questions that you would for a client, even if you do pre-recorded readings, recording yourself either on a voice notes app or even on camera so that you can go back when you're out of intuitive download mode and more so back in your logical mind and just sort of observing the real world mode. I've found that when I record, like video record readings for myself and then go back and look at them, I don't even remember saying half the things that I actually said. But when I'm putting myself on the other side of the camera to watch that video, it's so helpful. And, I mean, dare I say sometimes profound where I'm just like, I said that to myself? Really? But it's because I treated myself like a client who was going to see this uh, video in the future. So kind of like I think telling yourself I'm the reader and this is the question, even if it's something for you, delineating those roles kind of helps make it clearer when you, it helps you understand what you have to do to deliver a powerful message, whether that's for yourself or anybody else. You know, that's so, so amazing and interesting, the idea of recording yourself. I always insist that clients that we record their session, and one of the reasons why is oftentimes when they're sitting here in a reading, you know, they're hearing what they want to hear, and later on, going back and listening to it, they hear what's really going on. I love that you say that you listen to your readings that you do for yourself, and you're like, I can't believe I said that. That's so wise. I love this (laughs) advice. So how do readers, how do tarot readers sometimes really get trapped with tarot card meanings? And how does that get in the way, too, of their readings for themselves? Mm, I love this question. So I feel like because tarot is firmly in the realm of the esoteric and the mysterious and the arcane, people can sometimes approach it like it's um, 
like it's unchangeable. Like it is what it is, and this card means this thing. But I like to think of the tarot as a representation of human experience, something that can be shared by all 8 billion of us on this little ball. So thinking about that, if you associate a symbol, like this might be a bit of a um, jarring example, but something like the swastika. Uh In today's world, that's not a beautiful thing. It's not cool. No one wants to see you flaunting a swastika. But if you go back in history about a thousand years, it was one of the most beautiful spiritual symbols you could ever hope to see. You know, it, it signified a sacred place. There are Buddhist temples in Asia that still have that, uh-huh. um, that symbol carved into the stone. So I think that people get stuck in tarot card meanings if they think that they are unchanging, that they were perfectly created and therefore no need to evolve. But that's not human. Right. We don't feel the same. We don't uh, value the same thing century after century. We learn, and when we learn, we do better. Perfect example in the tarot is the emperor card. You know, that was kind of a sort of a toxic masculinity kind of standard meaning, and I've found that a lot of readers nowadays are redefining that in a way that's much more inclusive and empathetic without discarding our traditional understandings of masculinity. So, so long as you're actually paying attention to what is being asked, where is this card falling? Is it upright? Is it reversed? I don't read reversals, but I do use elemental dignity. Uh-huh. So if an earth card is stuck between two air cards, it's probably showing that shadow element, but also taking position, you know, what position is it in? Is it in the help position? Is it advice? So allowing yourself to kind of, for lack of a better word, play with the idea that you have of what a card is quote-unquote supposed to mean, um, approaching it kind of kind of like the fool, you know, like a, a curious, open-minded human who doesn't need to have all of the answers before they can jump in. I think taking that attitude really can free any reader, whether you're a novice or professional, from being kind of trapped or stuck into what the quote-unquote right or traditional meaning is. Yeah, we can really trip ourselves up when we get really hung up on things. So that's so true. Very wise advice about ex- ex- uh, kind of like approaching it like you are the fool. Mm-hmm. So I want to ask you this. Have you ever had this happen? You're doing readings for other people, but you keep getting situations in their readings that are similar to something that you're going through at the same time. Um, and what do you think about that? Uh, I have had that happen, and I think it can happen... Um, For two reasons. I think uh, sometimes collective energies are just so strong that certain cards are just going to pop up regardless of who's coming for reading, what they're asking, what spread you're using. Certain cards just kind of reflect the energy that the collective is living in. So you're going to start seeing those repeat. But I think um, sometimes in the case of people who read for others, We start to see repeating cards in our client readings and in our own because a lot of times there's an issue that we're not focusing on in our personal lives that spirit is saying, okay, I'm going to slip this card into your client reading because I know you saw it four times last week and I want you to pay attention. (laughs) It kind of repeats to, to hammer that point home and emphasize you need to do some work, you need a lesson, you need a reminder, something around this card or cards that are repeating because, again, you're, you're pouring from your cup and not refilling it. 
the same way you help people learn lessons, there's lessons for tarot readers to learn too. So I think that that is often why cards will start to repeat like that. I totally agree. And I've also noticed something else. I've noticed that sometimes after I've gone through like some certain incident in my life, suddenly I get a whole bunch of clients who are going through the exact thing that I just got done dealing with. Uh, For example, when I was dealing with my father for elder care and his passing and all the drama that went around that, um, after it was all said and done, I had so many clients who were going through the same thing almost verbatim. Have you ever had that happen? Um... Like, what, not while you're going through, but after you're done, suddenly somebody else is showing up and they got the same issue. Yes, you know what? I, yes, I have a perfect example of that. There was, oh, my gosh, this is probably about a year and a half, maybe two years ago. If anyone goes to my Instagram, they'll find a really old IGTV video that I did on um, unrequited love. Uh, long story short, I had been pining after this one person for like years and years and years, and they kind of led me on for a little while where I thought, oh, we're building something, we're connecting, and then I just kind of got ghosted and it fizzled out and my poor little heart was crushed. Um, But I took that time to like really ask myself, well, if this was never reciprocated, why did you let yourself get so deeply involved anyway? And it was not an easy pill to swallow. It was not an easy lesson. There's aspects of that situation that I'm still learning and, like, resolving and dealing with. But I can say once I got over the the major hump of it, I was doing a reading for a young lady, and her cards, like, the way, the way they were falling, I just kept thinking, wow, this is making me think about my situation. This is making me think about my situation. And the question she had asked was not at all specific to love or relationships, but because of what was coming up in the spread, I happen to be doing an in-person reading this time, I asked her, you know, is there somebody who's kind of leading you on or, like, leaving you on red or playing with your emotions? And her eyes got so big, and she burst into tears. And she told me all about her circumstance, and it was a perfect mirror for mine. And I kid you not, I just had to close my eyes and just kind of say thank you to spirit because I felt like if I hadn't gone through all of the – mental ups and downs and emotional back and forth, when I came to read for her, of course I would have tried to empathize with her, but I would not have had that firsthand experience to say, beyond Tarot Girl, I get it, and I'm here to just hold space. So I think that that happens for readers, um, and even outside of Tarot, like if you're in any sort of divinatory spiritual space, we see signs and things like that all the time. And I think that when our own lives are mirrored in the people that we're serving after we've learned a lesson, it's because we're there to help teach them. I totally agree. I mean, it, I think when we go through our things, we are in a better better place to serve other people, too. So the hard things in our lives um, really get us, again, uh, maybe more compassionate, more empathic, and also certainly a lot wiser. So I've got to ask you one last question. Okay, we talked a lot about, you know, readings and reading for ourselves, but what are some of the things that, that we can do physically 
to get out of the headspace because so many tarot readers and people who are doing work that is healing or mystically inclined, they're spending a lot of time in that certain spiritual headspace. And it's very, very hard to get out of the intuitive world and back into ourselves so we can read for ourselves and take care of ourselves. What are some of the things that we can do? I mean, what do you do physically to get back into the here and now? My favorite thing is dancing, um, turning on any sort of music that just makes me want to move and kind of like just dancing like a crazy person in my bedroom because no one's watching me, no one's judging me. I'm not in a club trying to look cute. You know, I'm just feeling my body and moving according to the vibrations pumping in my room. So that is really fun, especially if I'm dealing with a lot mentally or spiritually and I just kind of need to shake it off. I feel like that joyful movement helps to do that, helps to kind of shake up and break up and release some of that stagnant, blocked energy. Um, crying, like letting yourself, giving yourself permission to cry is a really helpful thing. That's something that I still kind of struggle with, and I have to tell myself, Shaniqua, just let it out when I need to. But the relief that comes from our body's natural expression of sadness and grief is there for a reason. It's by design. So, like, giving yourself permission to cry if you've just delivered a difficult reading or you're dealing with something in your personal life that's weighing on you and depleting your cup, cry. Water is healing. And the last thing I would say is um, connecting to earth. I know, like, you know, depending on where you are in the world, this may not be an option at all times of year. But if you can put your bare feet on some grass and just wiggle your toes or some sand or any, any raw part of the earth that you can put your feet on and just kind of wiggle and feel, like you will feel, or at least I feel when I do that, I can actually feel my body being recharged by intentionally saying, Mama Gaia, Mother Earth, please recharge me. Please replenish me. She will. So move your body. Let your tears out and ground yourself by connecting to earth physically. Those are my top three, like, absolute must-haves in the toolkit for kind of cleansing your energy and getting grounded and, and present so that you're not stuck up in your head or that intuitive space. I love that. So wise. And by the way, I'm a big fan of moving your body. I think so many of us get stuck up in that third eye, upper chakra, and, you know, from the neck down then, we lose touch of our bodies. And just moving your body, whether it's dancing oh, or walking, I think it really, really helps. So that, I mean, all of that is really, uh, by the way, I'm like you, I don't like to cry very much. <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> it, it takes a minute to get the tarot lady to cry, but I always feel better when I do so. Um, and I also feel better being out in nature. In fact, I took, I've been taking some lovely walks in the woods uh, we're recording this right now in the fall time, and that's just been restoring my spirit in you know ways that you can't describe. So all of this advice is oh, yeah. so amazing. Um, so Shaniqua, I'm so glad I finally got to get I finally got to hook you onto this podcast. Where can people <laughs> find you if they want to work with you and learn more about what you're up to? Uh, well, you can book readings with me on my website, which is writing w r i t i n g with tarot.com, uh, 
And um, if you want to just keep up to date with me and see the content I'm posting, I do uh, tarot readings on YouTube, and I'm also working on a tarot deck, and I post updates for that on both YouTube and Instagram. On both platforms, I'm at what Shanique was into on Instagram. There's an underscore between the words, but you can find me there, and I'm pretty much around on social, so I would love to connect with anybody who's interested. And I've been watching the progress on that tarot deck, and it looks like it might be one of the coolest decks coming out, so I cannot wait to see the final product. I'm very, very excited about that. Oh, that means so much to hear. Thank you so much. <laughs> no, thank you for creating it, and thank you for joining me uh, to just share all of your amazing wisdom. So um, thank you. All right, people, that wraps up this episode of Tarot Bites. And remember, you can check out lots more tarot goodness on my website, thetarolady.com. I've got free tarot and astrology lessons, lots of books, hundreds of blog posts, astrological forecasts, so many good things for you to scope out and enjoy. I want to thank you again for listening. I hope you have a beautiful day. And by the way, if you're enjoying the podcast, do me a favor, get over to iTunes and leave a kind review because that helps more tarot-curious people find their way to this little podcast And of course, I appreciate it. And as always, I like to close out by saying, pay close attention to your intuition throughout your day and let it guide you into making brave, excellent choices. Remember that you are always in the driver's seat of your life. You are in charge of your decisions, your plans, the action steps that you take or don't take. You're the boss. And if you don't like where your life is headed right now, you can change that. Nothing is ever fixed in stone. The tarot cards tell a story, but you write the ending.